0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Midway Christian Church. We're a Disciples of Christ congregation located in Midway, Kentucky. You're always welcome to join us in person or follow us on Facebook or YouTube. Our scripture this morning comes from the book of Romans, first chapter 1 through 17. I invite you to follow along in the Pew Bibles, or if you wish to read on the screen. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which God promised beforehand through God's prophets in the holy scriptures, the gospel concerning God's son, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by resurrection from the dead. Jesus Christ, our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles for the sake of his name, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. To all God's beloved in Rome who are called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father, the Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you Because your faith is proclaimed throughout the world. For God, whom I serve with my spirit by announcing the gospel of God's Son, is my witness that without ceasing, I remember you always in my prayers, asking that by God's will, I may somehow at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you so that I may share with you some spiritual gift so that you may be strengthened or rather so that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have not have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as I have among the rest of the Gentiles." I am obligated both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish, hence my eagerness to proclaim the gospel to you also who are in Rome. For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is God's saving power for everyone who believes, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed through faith, for faith as it is written, The one who is righteous will live by faith. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. We begin our conversation today with this letter to Romans, focusing on Paul's use of that word gospel and how he saw it lived out in our lives as the people of God. I will tell you that I cannot take credit for this particular sermon series. It's part of the narrative lectionary, which is something that invites the churches to spend some parts of spend time with parts of the Bible that we normally don't talk about or get a chance to explore on Sunday mornings. This particular series caught my attention because it lays out the gospel in pretty simple terms. You see, sometimes our fault in the church is we like to use those big theological words, and stuff gets lost in translation. This particular series invites us to spend concentrated time with the gospel message and embrace it for its life-changing message. No pun really intended. As people of faith, when we are asked to put the gospel into words, we usually fall back into that catchphrase that we're taught in Sunday school the very first time. The gospel is the good news. There is a follow-up question that we always fail to answer. The good news to what? Over the years, the wider church has filled in this follow-up questions with answers like, I was lost, but now I'm found. I was a sinner and God redeemed me. Or my favorite and sarcasm is indeed intended for this. I was saved by the gospel message and now I'm going to heaven. Over the years the wider church has followed up this question of the good news to what with I statements. I was a sinner. I was redeemed. I was saved. And what that has done is allow us, the people in the pews, to control and manipulate the gospel message. These I statements have allowed us to focus on us, our wants and needs, and have distracted us from what God has done and what God is doing in the midst. I know it's heresy, right? You're gonna burn the preacher after this series. (laughs) But this is why it's important for us to talk about what the gospel message is. It is fitting that we are doing so in a time such as this, because like Paul did some 2,000 years ago when he first wrote this letter, he reframed the conversation and we are being invited to reframe our conversations in a time such as this, to reclaim what it means to live out that gospel message, to shift our focus from us as individuals, to shift our focus from us sitting in the pew and focus our attention on God. Heaven forbid the church actually focus our attention on God. That we pay attention to what God is doing in our midst so that we can see, so we can experience this new life which is all around us. So we can experience God's spirit moving in and about us just like Paul did some 2,000 years ago. We are being invited to peel away the big fancy church words, to peel away the stained glasses, to peel away all those things that we think are church. And capture, reclaim, focus, embrace what that gospel message truly is for us. That living, active, transforming experience which humbles us, which amazes us, which saves us, which shows us that no matter what, love and light will always have the last word. Or let me say it this way. In contemporary Christian evangelical societies and culture, we get a lot of this language of the importance about our faith and going to church. Us and this relationship with Jesus is all about me getting into heaven. That's what the whole purpose and goal of faith is. Getting into heaven. To be saved. A lot of times in churches, this one included, we have that history of doing that invitation that if you need to be saved, you're invited to come forward and meet Jesus. In my house, meeting Jesus has a whole separate term, but we'll get to that in a different time. A lot of times when we're talking about faith in contemporary evangelical culture, this world does not matter. What matters and what is important is getting into heaven. That's it. And yes, I fully put the blame on Paul for this. I do. I put the blame for Paul on this and his writings. But for I'll give him a little grace, because that's my job, is that his writings a lot of time are taken out of context. You see, Paul's reading and some of his writings are because he thought Jesus was coming tomorrow. That Jesus was coming tomorrow and we all had to be ready. We had to make sure we prepared for Jesus coming back so that we wouldn't miss out on this big event. Well then Paul realized as he's doing his evangelical thing that Jesus is going to come on God's time, not Paul's time. Something we all have to learn. And Paul realizes that I've got to shift and modify my writing some. It's still important that we want to be ready and able and expect Jesus to come. But we know that we're going to be here for a while. So I've got to focus on my faith here and what it means. That's why we use a lot in this conversation, we talk about this church, here but not yet. We know that Jesus is here, but the full kingdom of God is not fully realized. Paul kind of coined that phrase of here, but not yet. We know Jesus is coming, but not yet. So, what do we do in this period of time while we're waiting? And Paul started to change and transform his writing where he realized that he had put faith in a box, that he had limited it to only being about getting into heaven, to making sure we were right with Jesus, so that when Jesus would come, we would all be good. And that realized that doesn't work anymore when Jesus is not standing beside you and you have to live in the world. So Paul began to modify his writings and realize that we're going back to some of the basics, some of the things he learned in Sunday school when when he went to temple, that it really was about being in right relationship with God, being in right relationship with each other, being in right relationship with God's creation. Paul started saying stuff like our faith is about God's amazing grace. And if we do that first, let it humble us and transform us, all that other stuff will follow. If we allow God's grace to be our center, if we allow God's grace to transform us and embrace us and help us become the people God created and called us to be, we will live out that grace in all of our relationships. We will live out that grace with God. We will live out that grace with each other. We'll break bread with one another. We'll transform the world because God's grace is our center. Paul started saying, if we reframe the narrative of our faith, not simply ignoring this world and only worrying about getting heaven, but if we really claim that faith that's God's grace and we focus on taking care of the least of these, we will experience God's beloved community here on earth. We will experience the kingdom of God in our midst. And this is the context for our scripture this morning. This is why Paul says he's not ashamed of the gospel. It's why he says that the gospel has the power to save us, is the saving power of God for everyone believes. Paul understands that the gospel message is not about us as individuals. It's not about us getting into heaven. At its core, the gospel message is about God. The gospel message is about God doing things to bring about healing and wholeness for all of God's people. The gospel message is what we experienced, what we felt when we experienced that humbling, healing, uplifting message. That first time we heard those words that we were God's beloved, named and claimed and loved more than we will ever know. Paul understood that this gospel message, this good news about God's grace literally saves us. Not in the context of getting into heaven, but saves us from the brokenness, the hurt, and the hate, from the labels and the divisions that this world tries to put upon us. Paul understood that the gospel message shifts our focus from individuals to what God is doing in our midst. It opens our eyes, it opens our hearts, it opens our minds, it opens our spirits to where God is moving in and among us and invites us to come. Not as sinners, not as worthless people, the gospel message invites us to come as God's beloved, as people who created in the image of God, as people who are transformed by God's amazing grace, who are inspired by this vision of God's shalom coming to fruition here on earth, and we can't keep silent about it, that we must share these good tidings of joy. In these verses that Paul does at the beginning of this letter, he reframes the narrative. He reframes our narrative as people of faith and tells us that the gospel message has been, is, and will always be about God's faithfulness to us. God's faithfulness to us. That humbling moment when God brings salvation to us because God loves us more than we will ever know. Paul says this gospel message saves us, not because we're getting into heaven, but because God's grace brings healing, makes things right. It's almost like a salve that God has given to us to heal our wounds, to mend what's broken, that God's grace, this thing that saves us, is the living entity at work in our world, bringing healing and wholeness for all of God's people, Romans and Jews, Gentiles, black, white, everyone, gay, straight, and everyone in between. God's grace is saving us Not because of us being perfect or faithful, but because that is who God is. And that is the humbling and saving and life-giving experience that our God, who created the stars, who created this world, loves us more, more than we will ever know. What Paul is telling us, that the saving grace of the gospel message really comes down to one thing. That for God so loved the world, that God sent God's only son not to condemn it, but rather so that we would know what it means to love one another. So that we would know what it means to be in community with one another. So that we would know God's saving grace to give us new life and to show us a different way. And Paul says that's the gospel message. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this sermon podcast of the Midway Christian Church. If you'd like to learn more about our congregation, please go to our website at midwaychristian.org.